Um, okay, we were in the middle last time and we were discussing the different elements of evolution. We spoke about um, three aspects of evolution that need to, um, three aspects of life that need to be addressed. One is the transition from lifeless to life. One is the transition from the simple to the complex. And one is from the complex to men. And we said that um, the theory of evolution itself addresses simple to complex. It tends to see men as just another version of complex. So there's no need to explain um, that last phase, that last leg. And the bridge between non-living to living is going to be a different discipline. It wasn't addressed really by Darwin. It wasn't addressed by uh, the main uh, aspects of evolutionary theory. But it's something called abiogenesis, which is trying to explain how the lifeless became life. And there is obviously some difficulty explaining what is life. We gave a general explanation of something that is an active, um, self-organizing um, organism and so on. The, um, we were speaking about the cell, and we mentioned the, that a, a simple cell is anything but simple. We quoted, it needs approximately, there are approximately 60 to 70,000 different proteins that each one has a very specific function. We also touched on the conundrum of DNA um, a protein. Proteins come about, are manufactured by DNA. DNA is a written code of instruction which is completely, um, it, it, it has absolutely, it, it, it's a, it's not thing, but rather it is instruction and did the DNA come first? If DNA, um, if DNA came first, it's very, very hard to understand how chance could have written a book not materials, it's, it's literally a code of a chain of, 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 of uh, molecules. Um, on the other hand, proteins themselves without DNA would just finish and die at that point. There's no, there's no way to do anything without the DNA. I would like to add another point about cells and living things and DNA, etc. This is from a book called The Way of the Cell. It is a um, written by. We'll find his name in a minute. Um, this is the way to sell oranges and order of life. It is written by somebody called Franklin Harold, who is professor emeritus of biochemistry and molecular biology at Colorado State University. Um, same thing. It is also a. Um, it's written, it's a science book published by Axis University Press, um, which simply, uh, I, I just have these. These are books that I read at random, not, I wasn't looking for anything. And um, he talks about cells, also an extremely readable book and very well. Now, he begins to understand, he has a chapter called, It Takes a Cell to Make a Cell. Um, molecules into, cell, into cells, paradigm wanted. I seldom open the hood of my car other than to check the oil, for the tangle of wires, tubes, and terminals is unintelligible to me. I guess uh, he's a biology professor only. 
I must take my mechanic's word for it that they make the wheels go round and they provide the safety confidence compliance with the law. Um, the massive, and I can't read this because I did not um, photocopy it well, but at any rate, the e stirs similar wonders, and um, but the sheer formation of it overwhelms the faculties. Unfortunately, in this case, there is no higher authority to which to turn, um, because the point he's going to be making is that um, it, it, um, we are trying, it's like somebody were to ask you, how does a car work? And the person says, it is X amount of iron, X amount of chrome, X amount of copper, X amount of rubber. Um, the prevailing framework for thinking about biological organization comes in the form of the genetic paradigm. It builds on the established relationship between genes and proteins, but vastly enlarged its scope. Um, so the, 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 the understanding that we have is that the genes determine the cell. Now, he says um, it, the, it, the genes determine the recipe. He says there is nothing about the physical layout of the cell that is mapped on the genome. All that it does is it's a recipe for producing the proteins which it comes from. So he says, um, stated thus, the genetic paradigm is not a hypothesis drawn from, um, I think the word is infallible propositions, but what, in Germ what is called in German a Weltanschauung, a worldview that expresses the reductionist spirit of contemporary science. Now, for instance, he says, growth and morphogenesis in the E. coli the classic proven ground of the genetic paradigm, forces one to ponder the inward meaning of the potent metaphor. Form and development clearly come under the genes writ, as attested by many mutants in which these features are altered. So, we know that if we destroy some of the genes, it features, um, the, uh, the shape and so on, are changed. Um, though not explicitly specific the genetic instructions, a rod with rounded caps must be one implication of the set as a whole. Just as the delicate flavor of the marble cake that my wife bakes on special occasions is nowhere mentioned in her notes. But wait, the product of those genes, insofar as we know them, turn out to be enzymes and other proteins that perform essential but mundane local tasks. In other words, to the extent of what we know, a gene simply produces a certain type of chemical. Knowledge of the genes and what they encode is nowhere near sufficient to explain how the cell elongates, divides, and shortly produces a pair of rods with rounded caps. Um, what we seek to understand emerges from sociology of molecules, not their chemistry, and carries us into a different layer of reality. Um, indeed, how could it be otherwise? A growing cell is not a self-assembling set of puzzle pieces, but the product of generative process mediated by multiple molecules to physiological pathways deployed in space. The reactions that shape a cell have, of course, a chemical dimension, but unlike their fellows in the test tubes, many of them display direction, location, and timing. Cell biology is about chemical and physical events that take place here rather than there, transport matter from here to there, not now, but later, um, when called for. In other words, the, the, the picture that we have where you, if you take genes, they produce proteins, 
is, is the accounts for the metal of the car, for the rubber of the car, for the, for the chrome of the car, for the plastic of the car. But we're, um, take a look at a human being. Um, if, if, if uh, our physiology is off by a bit, the, the nose happened to be a little longer, the person looks misformed. If the leg is a drop shorter, where are the instructions for the shape of it? People have very distinctive shapes. Children carry shapes of, of, of their parents and, and in a very noticeable way. So, so we have a general um, form, um, and where is it? Once your eyes have opened to these upper levels of order, as mine were by Peter Mitchell 30 years ago, you see them everywhere. E. coli, like all cells, we look at cells as little blobs of protein. That's absolutely not true. They, it, e. coli, like all cells, practices biochemistry with an attitude. And it lists them, vectorial transmembrane reactions. Vectorial, vectorial means directional for, for those. It, it means it's, it's not diffuse. It has very specific directions. Vectorial insertion of membrane proteins. Localization of chemical receptor proteins. They have, there's clear places where different receptors are located. It's not random. Direct assembly of the FTSZ ring, which I profess complete ignorance. Diffuse elongation of sidewalls, finding the cell's midpoint, special markers for morphogenesis, orientation of um, murine links by stress, and many more. So, cell organization is chemical and molecular, bred in the genes. But a cell reaches much farther, flaunting capacities that are rooted in the operations of a larger unit. If you think of the genome as software, then cellular organization corresponds to the interpretation of the program by its own unique reader. So something is reading this DNA and saying, hmm, it, it's, 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 um, it's like the difference between, let's give you a muscle. If you go into a pharmacy and you get a prescription, for those of you who... Um, who remember before the pharmacist used to take pill out, pills out of a big bottle and put them in a small bottle, they would take different chemicals and mix them together and weigh them and measure them. That's a very flat process. Let's say you go, you send somebody to an orthopedic specialist to create a brace that will help him walk better. That's not mixing anything. He's got to think and, and, and decide on form and structure, etc. Somewhere there's a code that's telling it what it looks like. And even we think of a, of a cell as a blob of protein, but it's by far more than that. So, so how did that get encoded? It, the very first cell needed to have, it's not just a hodgepodge of stuff. It needed to have a very clear layout. So where does that come from? And, and how does the layout get it, it translated? When you're dealing with chemicals and chemicals, it's okay, a little nitrogen, a little hydrogen, proteins touch other proteins, they tend to, to, to make duplicate proteins. It's, it's like, you know, the simplest, when you put a foot down into sand, it makes an imprint. Forget about all that, but, but there's so much more written in, we don't know where it's written in. Um, and again, this is not, it's a book that does not deal with religion, it has no conclusion about God, he's dealing simply with the cells in a very scientific way, and he's saying what we, what we know and understand about it is a very, very simple um, aspect of it. So it's true, I'll give you a muscle. It's true that if you take the yeast out of a cake, it will be flat like a matzah, and therefore it is, uh, it is, so in the direction where the chemicals affect the shape, if you take a gene out, a person might have a horribly disformed, you might not have a leg, something like that, that is true, but having yeast in the cake doesn't yet make a cake in it. If you don't put in the right amount of sugar, you don't put in the right amount of warm water, you don't plan for it, 
you're not going to have a cake. And if you have a cake in a specific shape, you can't even just put chemicals in. You've got to stand and shape it. You want it to look like a Torah. You want it to look like, I don't know, a, a, some birthday thing or whatever it is. It's, so there's a whole dimension that w- in the simplest cell that we don't know where it's encoded. So how did that get started? Life needs direction. It needs organization. It needs time. Um, it, it needs to know that it, it just like every computer must have a clock in it because the instructions of first then is an element of time. The, the chemicals in a cell are not running around, each one trying to do what it wants to do and coming up with a result. There is a very clear timing. Um, this happens first, it takes in the material first, then digests it, then lets out the waste product, while it's doing this, it's not doing this. While it's doing that, it's not doing the other thing. Um, so it has a built-in clock of sorts. It has a built-in sense of direction. Um, it has a built-in sense of orientation. Um, where did that come from? Those are the puzzles that he raises. I want to finish this topic. And again, the truth is, like I said before, the Toelos is not simply in boiling